how significant that is and, and why does the resurrection matter. And so that's what we wanted to address today. So in 1 Corinthians 15, I think Paul gives such a wonderful um, addressing of that issue. And so uh, that's what we've prepared this morning, just some points to look at uh, why does the resurrection matter. So uh, if you're there with me, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, I'm going to read uh, verses 1 through 11, but we're going to consider various points throughout the whole chapter. So 1 Corinthians 15, beginning in verse 1 this morning. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve, and after that he was seen by over five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that he was seen by James, then by all the apostles, then last of all he was seen by me also as by one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of God I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. Lord, as we consider your word this morning, we trust that you will give understanding and encouragement from the truth of your word. And as we hear it, and as we consider these uh, reasons why the resurrection is important to us, would you just open our eyes and quicken our hearts to understand and to grasp the things that you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So why does the resurrection matter? As we consider 1 Corinthians 15, I've gone through and just looked at what I think are, are reasons that sort of stand out to me as to why the resurrection matters. And as we go through these this morning, I don't want you to think that this is comprehensive or that these reasons are the only ones. I think there are more that the, the rest of the scriptures give us. Uh, significant reasons why the resurrection matters, but I've found about 15 reasons why this morning in this passage in 1 Corinthians 15. And so as we consider what they say, let me direct your attention this morning to verse 3. Paul wrote, For I delivered to you first of all, that is of first importance, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, who was Peter, and then by the twelve. So why does the resurrection matter? Well, it says here that the gospel is of primary or first importance. And the heart of the gospel is the resurrection, because you see, without the resurrection, there is no gospel. The gospel is the most important message that every human being needs to hear. It's built on historical fact. And as he says here, it was according to the scriptures, twice, 
Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Our faith is built on historical fact and the resurrection was foretold in the Old Testament. In fact, there were many passages in the Old Testament that were written hundreds and some even a thousand plus years prior to the, the birth and the, the time of Jesus Christ when he lived. For example, in Leviticus 16, there is the uh, institution of the Day of Atonement. And the Day of Atonement is when the high priest would go in before God and make the sacrifice for sin. And Jesus, as we read through the scriptures, particularly the book of Hebrews, tells us about that day and that it was a foreshadowing of the day that Christ would die. Leviticus 23, Isaiah chapter 53, Psalm 2, Psalm 16, Psalm 22. There are so many, too many to list. But there is a particular uh, encouraging scripture in Hebrews chapter 11, which says this, by faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. You see, I, uh, Abraham offering up Isaac according to the word of God. If we go back and uh, review that story, God had directed Abraham that he should offer up his only son Isaac. And Isaac was the son of promise that God had given to he and Sarah. God had foretold the birth of Isaac for many, many years before Abraham and Sarah were ever able to have a child. And then it says in Hebrews eleven eighteen, of whom it is said, and Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, which he also received him in a figurative sense. You see, Abraham was obedient, and he was prepared to offer his son Isaac without explanation, simply because God had spoken to him. And because he believed the promises of God that even though Isaac was the one through whom the nation of Israel would be born, he was willing to sacrifice his son on that altar. Yet he believed that God was able to raise him from the dead. And so in the story of Abraham and Isaac, there is a foreshadowing of the resurrection. So why does the resurrection matter? Because the scriptures foretold that it would happen and it did indeed happen. So reason number one, because uh, the resurrection was foretold in the scriptures and it had to be fulfilled. Reason number two, directing your attention a little further down to verses 12 through 14. Now if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. So reason number two, why does the resurrection matter? Because preaching and faith are empty and there is no point or no meaning. You see, a dead savior cannot save anyone. The other so-called saviors of other so-called religions, they're dead. They're in the grave. You can go visit their grave. But our Lord Jesus Christ is risen. He has been resurrected from the dead. And when Paul says here, uh, arguing against those people who say there is no resurrection of the dead, he says, if there's no resurrection of the dead, then indeed Jesus Christ is not risen. 
And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is empty. You see, if there's no resurrection, there's really no point to our faith. There's no substance to our faith. The resurrection is central to the gospel and it's central to our faith. So reason number three, looking at verse 15. Yes, we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he did not raise up if in fact the dead do not rise. So what is the point here, reason number three for why the resurrection matters? Because it gives validity to the witness of the gospel message. You see, we as believers in Jesus We have no witness without the resurrection. The resurrection gives strength and purpose and encouragement and hope to the message of the gospel. If we believe in a God who's dead, then what is the point of our faith? We are no different than anyone else who believes in their dead God. In fact, in Psalm 115, it says of those who worship dead gods and who worship idols, It says, speaking of those idols, they have mouths, but they do not speak. They have eyes, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. They have noses, but they do not smell. In other words, their God is dead. And if our God is dead, then there is no point to hope. There is no purpose to our message. And so reason number three is that it gives validity to the witness of the gospel message. You see, we have hope and we believe in the future that Jesus has promised to us, which is coming up in the next uh, few scriptures. Looking at reason number four down in verses 16 and 17, for if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. So what is reason number four for why the resurrection matters? Because there was no redemption from sin without the resurrection. You see, when we look at Jesus' death on the cross, if he was not resurrected, then redemption was not completed. Redemption was indeed completed because he was resurrected. You see, Jesus said over and over and over during the time of his ministry, I must die but I will be raised again on the third day. And if Jesus' word had not been fulfilled, then he would have been a liar. He would have been a false prophet. And if he was a liar and he was a false prophet, then the redemption that he claimed to bring to mankind, to humanity, would have been invalid. It would have not mattered. And it says here, and if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. But that is not true. Christ was risen. Our faith matters. It is not futile. And we are not still in our sins. Why does the resurrection matter? Because if there was no resurrection, there was no redemption from sin. So reason number five, why does the resurrection matter? Down in verses 18 and 19. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. And if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. You see, there would be no hope for those who have previously died in Christ. All of those who died uh, prior to us or prior to even to Jesus coming, how would they be resurrected? How would 
their lives have mattered if they were devoted to God and they had given their lives to him. There would have been no hope for them. You see, the hope is in what lies, of, lies ahead for us, for those who believe in Christ, for the things that are yet to come. The truth of the scriptures, prophetically speaking, for those things that lie ahead, those things that are yet to be fulfilled, which will actually happen. The resurrection gives veracity to God's word. It proves that God keeps his word and that those prophecies in the Old Testament foreshadowing the resurrection of the Messiah and then Jesus in claiming to be the Messiah and saying he, he would be resurrected from the dead. You see, those things matter. And uh, there is no hope for those who have previously died in Christ, but it also means there's no hope for those who will yet die in Christ if we did not know that the scriptures were true and that they were real. Jesus said in Matthew 22, speaking to the Pharisees who were quizzing him and questioning the topic and the idea of the resurrection, Jesus answered them, Matthew 22, verse 29, and said, you are mistaken not knowing the scriptures or the power of God. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels of God in heaven. But concerning the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You see, that's what Jesus says about his God, his Father, that God is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. And if God is the God of the living, and if there is no resurrection, then he says there in verse 19, then we are of all men the most pitiable, meaning what? That we've believed a lie, that we've believed in a falsehood, that there's no hope. You see, but there is hope. So why does the resurrection matter? Because God has given us hope for what is coming in the future. Reason number six in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 20 and 21 starting actually in verse 20, but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man, capital M, speaking of Jesus, also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive." So why does the resurrection matter? Reason number six, because God himself gave a promise that in Christ all shall be made alive. And he wasn't just speaking spiritually. He's speaking of the resurrection from the dead. You see, Paul is making an allusion here in 1 Corinthians 15, 21 and 22 to an earlier passage he wrote in the book of Romans chapter five in verses 12 through 21, where he talked about this idea of the one man Adam and the one man Christ. And he says in the one man Adam, uh, through Adam, sin was introduced into the world and death through sin. But he says in the one man Christ, life and hope were introduced and through the resurrection and the life of Jesus, we were made alive again, not just spiritually, but physically. So why does the resurrection matter? Reason number six, that in Christ, there's a promise that all shall be made alive. There is a hope for what comes in the future. So as we continue, number seven, down in verse 23, 
but each one in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterwards those who are Christ at his coming. And then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and to all authority and to all power. So what is reason number seven, according to Paul here, for why the resurrection matters? He says, because Jesus is the first fruits. You see, Jesus was resurrected first, excuse me, so that he might be the forerunner, excuse me, of the resurrection, so that you and I might know that Jesus has validated that which will be done for us and to us. You see, this points back to the feast of the first fruits in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 9 through 14, where we bring the first fruits of everything that we have to God. And then God in kind also gives to us the first fruits, and the first fruits represent the very best. You see, when we are challenged through the law and through the Old Testament to bring of our first fruits to God, the idea was that in an agrarian society as the the Jews lived back in those days and really all of creation, that everyone had to farm and to, to grow their own vegetables and their own animals. And so they would bring the first fruits according to the law of God to him, meaning the very best, that when we harvested or when we uh, were sacrificing or slaughtering animals for our own benefit, we would bring the first, the very first, the best to God. And you see, God gave his very best to us, the first fruits being Jesus Christ. And God had promised through the idea of the resurrection, the hope for eternal life. But in order to prove it, in order to validate it, he gave us his very best, the first fruit being the Lord Jesus Christ. And he has given the keys of Hades and death to Jesus Christ. Let me share with you in Revelation chapter 1, verse 18, where it says, Jesus speaking, I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and death. So Jesus says in the beginning of the book of Revelation to the apostle John, I am he who lives and was dead. And because of this, God has given to, to him the keys of Hades and death. You see, this is continuing the idea of the first fruits. And then the idea of Jesus being given this authority through the first fruits of the resurrection. I'd love to read to you the entirety of Revelation chapter 5, but for time's sake, we can't do that this morning, but I'll highlight a few things to you. Out of Revelation 5, which was a time when the church and the elders and those in heaven are gathered around the throne of God, and as they are gathered there worshiping him, we find these things, these truths about Jesus revealed that are significant as to why he was the Lamb of God. In Revelation 5, 6, it says, And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne, and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. So you see, as they have gathered around the throne of God, 
the purpose of Revelation chapter five, it says, back in the beginning, I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne with a scroll uh, written inside on the back and sealed with seven seals. And then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look at it. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and to read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has prevailed to open the scroll and to loosen its seals. And it's in response to that that he says, John sees the lamb who stood as though it had been slain. You see, the significance of Jesus' death and ultimately his resurrection is because uh, that enabled him to take that scroll from the hand of the Father. And when we studied the book of Revelation toward the end of last year, remember as we went through this chapter, it said, or we believe it's referring to this scroll as being the title deed to the earth. And that Jesus is being given the lordship, the control, the command of the entire earth at this point in history. And then a little later in verse 9 of Revelation 5, it says, They sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. See, there's the, the reference again to Jesus' death and resurrection. Then in verse 12, uh, as they, Jesus had taken the scroll, it says there uh, that they sang with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And you see there in heaven as Jesus, the Lamb of God, was worthy to take the scrolls. It was because he was the first fruit. It's because he was given the Hades of death and of life even. So why does the resurrection matter? Because Jesus was the Lamb of God. You see, there's also, we learn here, and we learn in this issue of the first fruits, as Paul has just told us here in 1 Corinthians 15, you see, there's an order to the resurrection of the dead. There's Jesus, the first fruits, that's first. Second, there's the rapture of the church, where we're told in 1 Thessalonians 4, that those, uh, when the Lord comes and he raptures or takes his church home to be with him before the beginning of the time of the tribulation, that the church will be raptured, they'll be taken out of the way. And as that's happening, it says, the order of the rapture will be that the dead in Christ will rise first, and then those who are alive and remain will then follow them as they are taken up to heaven to be with the Lord. And then third, in the book of Revelation, it tells us that at the end, when the remainder of the dead in Christ, that is those who have become believers in Christ, since the rapture of the church, during the time of the tribulation, uh, that those who believed after the rapture, they will be brought into the presence of God. And we see there that there's an order to the first fruits. There's Jesus, then there's the church, and then there's those who have come to believe in him after the time of the rapture, during the time of the tribulation. So this issue of God has an order 
to how the dead in Christ shall rise. The resurrection sets those things in order for us. So number eight, why does the resurrection matter? In, in verse 27 and 28 of 1 Corinthians 15, it says this, for he has put all things under his feet. That is God speaking of Jesus. For he has put all things under his feet. But when he says all things are put under him, it is evident that he, God who puts all things under him, Jesus, is accepted. Now when all things are made subject to him, then the Son himself will also be subject to him who put all things under him that God may be all in all. You see, number eight, the reason why does the resurrection matter? So that a divine order can be fulfilled. You see, God is a God of order. That's illustrated to us through the creation. That's illustrated to us all throughout the scriptures. God has designed that his worship should be an orderly worship and that the priesthood and the, the way we come to him is all done in an orderly manner. So this divine order, how do we know that there's a divine order? Well, it just told us here in verses 27 and 28 about this divine order, putting all things under the feet of Jesus and all things are made subject to him. But if you were to turn to Hebrews chapter nine, it tells us there that Jesus went into the most holy place and that he offered himself in the temple as it were. And we know that the temple is a foreshadowing of things that are true in heaven. And it says in Hebrews 9, 27, excuse me, verse 26, that he then, Jesus, would have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, once at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many to those who eagerly wait for him. He will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. This is describing a divine order. And then a little bit later in Hebrews chapter 10, it says this about Jesus, our great high priest. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. From that time, waiting until his enemies are made his footstool. You see, that's the divine order that Paul told us about in 1 Corinthians 15, 27, and 28. So why does the resurrection matter? Because it sets in order the divine order of how God wants things to be done. There is an order from the beginning of creation until the very end of time as we know it. And Jesus was an integral part of that in his life, in his death, and his resurrection. So looking down a little further for reason number nine in verses 29 and 30. Otherwise, what will they do who are baptized for the dead if the dead do not rise at all? Why then are they baptized for the dead? And why do we stand in jeopardy every hour? Paul speaking here of why do we stand in jeopardy, meaning why do I risk my life? Why do those who believe in Christ risk their very lives to proclaim the gospel, to go places and plant churches, to tell others about Christ in, a pl in places where it's illegal even to mention his name. 
Why does the resurrection matter? Because it gives us purpose in living for Jesus Christ. It gives us boldness in our faith. As he's talking here about the resurrection and making the mistake, 1 Corinthians 15 is all about the resurrection. It is Paul's term paper. It's his treatise on the, co the topic of the resurrection. Why do we stand in jeopardy every hour? What reason does the resurrection give us hope? It gives us purpose in living for Christ. You see, if there is no resurrection, what are we hoping for? What are we living for? It becomes our motivation and our hope. Reason number 10, why does the resurrection matter? Looking down a little bit further in verses uh, 33 and 34, he says, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Awake to righteousness and do not sin, for some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. We just spoke of number nine being that it gives us motivation for serving God and for continuing on, for persevering. Here he speaks of awaking to righteousness and being aware, being cognizant of our sin. I believe the resurrection matters because it gives us motivation for holy living, for staying true to the Lord and doing those things that are right. Why? Because we know that one day we will be resurrected and in the presence of Christ. And we're told in 2 Corinthians 5, that there's this place called the Bema Seat of Christ. And it's a place where those who know Christ will go and stand before him to receive the reward. And there will be, as it were, a judgment of those who are righteous, but the judgment will be focused on the things that we did that in this life as believers that have uh, caused the Lord to take note. It's, it's a place of giving us our reward. And that reward is not as a, a matter of performance, not to get that confused with works or performance, but it's just the Lord looking at us and saying, in a sense, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your master. So the resurrection gives us the hope, it gives us the motivation for holy living, of awaking to righteousness and being aware of our sin and maintaining the knowledge of God in our existence. A little further down for reason number 11, if you'd like to direct your attention down to verses 42 through 44. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption, it is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body, and there is a spiritual body. Reason number 11 why the resurrection matters, it tells us that when we are resurrected again, that we get a new body. It will not be the exact same body. You see, it won't be the same fleshly body we have uh, only with no aches and pains. It will be, as it says here, a spiritual body. It will be the perfect body that God would have given us if we had been created in the Garden of Eden. If there had never been sin, if there had never been a decaying of flesh, if there had never been a reason for God to limit our existence. You see, because we will have been fully redeemed at that point. And in just a moment, we're going to look at Romans 8 that talks about the resurrection of the body. 
But here Paul is saying that this is a foreshadowing that all believers in Christ will be given a new resurrection body. So why does the resurrection matter to us? Reason number 11, because we will be resurrected and our bodies will be resurrected before Jesus Christ. I think this is important for us to remember. Reason number 12, why does the resurrection matter? 1 Corinthians 15, 46. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural and afterwards the spiritual. The first man of the earth made of dust, speaking of Adam. The second man is the Lord from heaven, speaking of Jesus. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. As is the heavenly man, so also those who are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. You see, the resurrection proves, number 12, that the believer was born again. The resurrection will bear witness to us and for us that we are indeed born again and that we will live forever in the presence of God. You see, in Romans chapter 8, it says the Spirit himself testifies or bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we may be also glorified with him. Why does the resurrection matter? Because it proves that we belong to him. It proves that we are born again. You see, sometimes we wonder, don't we, as believers, Am I truly saved? Is there evidence in my life that I'm born again? But the resurrection will confirm to us on that final day that we truly belong to God. So continuing on, looking at reason 13, why does the resurrection matter? Looking down in verse 51, behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Why does the resurrection matter? Reason number 13 that I see here. So that the corruptible mortal body can be made incorruptible and immortal. And you say, well, isn't that the same thing as what we just looked at? No, it's different. And here's the reason why. There's the issue of our bodies as created that we're living in right now. Our bodies are corruptible, meaning they have been marred by sin and anything that has been marred by sin will die, it will suffer, it will decay. But he points out here that because of the resurrection, our mortal bodies will be made immortal. Now think with me for just a moment about the number of times that the works of literature that have been given to man pursuing immortality through the gods or something like that, through those fables, those Greek fables. You see, man wants to live forever. Remember all the way back in, in our history, Ponce de Leon was searching for the fountain of youth, for the, the fountain of life that would give 
immortality that we can all live as it were at you know 18 to 25 years old and, and have that energy and have that body and never have the decay and here the scripture is speaking of that but saying the resurrection gives us hope that we will be made into an immortal person an immortal body and that our corruptible flesh will be made incorruptible meaning that we will no longer be subject to the temptations of sin but now couple this idea with something Paul said again in Romans chapter 8. Reading to you from Romans 8, and, and again there's like a whole section here, verses 20 through 25, but I'm just going to focus on a couple. Romans 8, 23. Romans 8, 22. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs until now. Now don't you feel that? Don't you sense that? Don't you long to be with Jesus? Don't you long for your life to be everything that he wants it to be? Verse 23 of Romans 8, not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of the body. You see, we are redeemed beings living in unredeemed flesh. And what Paul is talking about here in Romans 8.23 is the same thing he's talking about in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 53 and 54, meaning that the corruptible must put on incorruption and the mortal must put on immortality, waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body, the time when we will be in the presence of Christ forever and we will be made perfect in his presence. Finally, the last two, number 14, why does the resurrection matter? Looking down at verses 55, 56, and 57, where Paul states these amazing words, O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law, but thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. What is reason number 14 for why the resurrection matters? Because we are given victory over sin and death because of the resurrection. You see, we have no power in ourselves to overcome sin and death. If we did, someone would have bought it, they would have commoditized it, they would have sold it and made a lot of money. But Jesus, through his resurrection, gives to us the power over sin and death. Again, verse 55, O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? You see, this should help us understand we are not to fear death. All of us are going to die, yes? It's going to happen. It is inevitable. It is something that we all will face. And as we watch people around us die, especially our elderly parents or people just whom we love, you know, it breaks our heart to see them depart from this life, especially if they don't know Christ. But for the believer, for those of us who have been born into the kingdom of God, we've been born again, we've been given of his spirit, we've been washed, we've been cleansed, we've been given all of the riches of God in Christ Jesus, including we've been bequeathed through the resurrection of Jesus, all of these amazing and precious promises, we have victory over sin and death. 
You see, so when the day comes when something happens in our lives, when we catch a disease, when we get cancer, when those things happen to us, and they will unless the Lord comes and returns to take his church home with him, we will experience death. But remember these words, O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? We are not to be afraid of death. The stinger has been removed from death. The penalty of death, the fear of death has been removed. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I think that's a a verse worth underlining and highlighting. Why does the resurrection matter? Because we are given victory over sin and death. And finally, number 15, why does the resurrection matter? In the last verse, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Why does the resurrection matter? It gives us a resolve. It gives us a purpose to persevere until the end, whenever that end is for us. And we don't know when that end is. But you see, our hope is not in this life. Let me say that again. Our hope is not in this life. Our hope is in the next life. Our hope is is in being in the presence of Jesus Christ, which happens because of the resurrection. You see, these 15 reasons that I've seen here in 1 Corinthians 15, these aren't the only 15. This isn't comprehensive. There's more. I'm sure as you read the scriptures, God will reveal to you more reasons. But I think these 15 at least speak to me. They prove to me why the resurrection matters. So this morning, 15 distinct reasons just from 1 Corinthians 15 as to why the resurrection of Jesus Christ is so significant and so important to us. It gives us hope. It gives us purpose. It proves to us that he loves us. It proves to us that the scriptures are true. And it proves to us that one day we will be with Christ in heaven. And our our path to being with him, no matter what we go through in this life, the sting is taken out because of the resurrection of Jesus. If Christ did not rise from the dead, Paul said, then we are the most pitiable of all men. Do you... As a believer in Christ, as a Christian, do you live with the resurrection in mind? Do you keep that in the forefront of your understanding? Maybe God wanted us to to be refreshed today to understand that the resurrection is so important. You see, we consider it but once a year, unless we come to a passage that talks about it. But God wants us to know the resurrection does truly matter. It is so important to our faith into our existence. And I think we could even say that the heart of the gospel is the resurrection of Jesus. So this morning as we close with a word of prayer, if there are any of you who are listening who have never put your faith and your hope and your trust in Christ, then I would just like to encourage you today to bow your head, to bow your heart, and to do that right now. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this glorious Easter day that we celebrate the risen Lord 
And we've just considered, Lord, a few reasons why it's so important to us. It's vital to our existence that we understand and that we believe and that we embrace the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, Lord, all those images that have Jesus on the cross, uh, that's what happened, but that's not where he is now. And we see pictures of the empty tomb, and that speaks to the fact that you resurrected. The empty cross speaks to the fact that you are resurrected. And Lord, our hope is not in the God of the dead. Our hope is in the God of the living. And so, Lord, today we thank you, we praise you, we honor you because you are our God and you are living. And Lord, for those who are listening who have never believed in you, who have never trusted in you, God, we pray for them right now. We ask you that in this moment, you might just uh, speak to their hearts and bring them to that point of decision of putting their faith and their trust in Jesus and understanding that without Jesus, there is no hope. There is no hope to come and stand before God one day in the presence of God, clean and forgiven. You see, without Christ, we only stand before the Lord before judgment. But Jesus did these things so that we could have hope, so that the blood of Christ, which cleanses us from all sin, would plead for us and that we would enter heaven and be with God forever and ever. So Lord, thank you this morning. We bless you. We honor you. And for those who have prayed this morning and just asked you to, to come in and to be their Savior and to be their Lord, we rejoice with you. We rejoice with them. Lord, the rest of this day as we go through this Resurrection Sunday, fill us with joy, fill us with hope, fill us with the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, if you prayed along with us and you invited Christ into your life, uh, would you let us know, reach out to us through Facebook or through our website and just let us know so that we can uh, connect with you, uh, send you a Bible and maybe uh, share some truth with you from God's word just to help you grow in your newfound faith. The Lord bless you and keep you. We love you. We miss you. We're looking forward to the time we can all worship again here together and have a great day in the Lord. Happy Resurrection Sunday.